Morning, church. Well, uh, yeah, Ward's given a bit of an intro. So, um, two and a half weeks until baby number three. So, we're doing our job to grow the church. Um, <laughs> and our oldest is four. And when we started coming, Carrie, my wife, was pregnant with him. He's actually four today. So, if you see a, a four year old running around looking like he's eaten nothing except Cocoa Pops, hot chocolate, and banana bread, because um, it's his birthday, that, that's, that's say happy birthday to him. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, thanks for inviting me to preach and thanks everyone for coming, knowing that I'm, I'm speaking. No, uh, yeah, so I'm honoured and touched, so uh, yeah. But um, I've just got uh, just a simple message this morning, but uh, I think it's amazing when you, especially when you're given a topic and you say, God, you know, what do you want me to, what do you want me to preach on? What, just give me something. And, and God does, and that's really good. And when God gives you something and it convicts you and it challenges you, that's, that's a good thing. So I, I've... Uh, been encouraged by getting stuff out of the word myself but um, I'm an anaesthetist that's what I'm trained as and that's what I uh, work as through the week so I'm actually paid to put people to sleep but um, Ward's not paying me today so hopefully no one sleeps okay but uh, <laughs> yeah all righty let, let's just pray first Lord, I thank you. You're an awesome God, Father, and I thank you that, uh, that you love every one of us, Lord God. You love everyone in this church, Lord, everyone in Balmain. And Father, I just pray tonight that, uh, that you speak to us this morning, I mean, that you speak to us and uh, that we really just get something out of your word, something practical and just some revelation this morning. Lord God, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the, um, I'm not sure if you all know, that, but the series that we're going through to, uh, these few weeks is called Offline Connecting with People. And... I think it's it's really important to connect with people and I think it's a very exciting topic to be going through, an exciting series, especially leading up to Christmas. Got a lot of C&E Christians around, uh, not Church of England, but Christmas and Easter. And there's there's a lot of people who are not really that interested in church or God or, the, or not open to talking about God, uh, except for around Christmas time. So I think it's good for us to go through this series now, leading up to Christmas, and I hope it inspires us to really step out and be bold. But um, I think why is it important to connect with people and, and really to spread the gospel and the good news that we've got? And I think, I think there's, two, there's two reasons. There's more than two reasons, but two that I'm going to tell you about just now. Firstly is it is an awesome message to share. And when you hear something good or when you're given something good, it's pretty hard to keep it to yourself. Um, if, if you're at work and your boss comes up and says, you know what, you've been doing a good job, you're getting a promotion, you're getting a pay rise, you're getting you know, an office, company car, whatever. That, that's pretty good news. The first thing you'd do, the first thing I would do is you know, call my wife, say, hey, guys, guess what happened today? And then, then I'd be texting my friends, I'd be on Facebook. No, I don't really use Facebook, but if I did, it would be on Facebook. I'd be telling everyone, hey, I got a promotion. What an awesome day. Uh, that, that's a promotion. That's, that's a, a job and, and money and security. But man, what's the message that we've got? We've got the most awesome, life-changing uh, gospel message. And how can we keep it to ourselves when it's, when it's such an awesome thing? I think the only good thing that I do keep to myself is this car park that I know around, uh, around one of the... I won't even tell you which, uh, which shopping centre it is. Uh, every time it's there. That is the only awesome good thing in my life that I'm definitely keeping secret. But... Um, <laughs> But look, the other reason why uh, we, we don't keep it to ourselves is that God has called us to go out there and to, and to tell people. This, in, in Matthew, at the end of Matthew, it's, it's called the Great Commission. It's not the Good Commission or the Commission. 
It's called the Great Commission. And when they, when they call something the Great, that means it's, it's pretty important. The, the First World War, they called it the Great War because it was so big. And Alexander the Great, he was a pretty awesome guy. Uh, this is called the Great Commission. And this is the last thing Jesus said to his disciples. Last thing he said. It's, it's got to be important. And, uh, and he didn't say, all right, you know the Ten Commandments. You know, go and follow those. Or he didn't say, give everything to the poor. Uh, just read the word and, and get into it and draw closer to God. He said, um, he said, all authority, this is Matthew 28, 18 to 20. He said, all authority on heaven and earth is given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that's kind of the last thing he said to them, is to go out and, and do it. So we're, we're called to do it. We've got a good message, and we're called to do it. And um, not all of us are called to be Billy Graham and to go out and preach to thousands. In fact, I think there's only been one person on earth who's been called to be Billy Graham, and that's Billy Graham. But, you know, we're all called to something, and we are all called to be ambassadors, like what Ward was saying. And, uh, and I think that's really important. So... Um, a, a, an awesome catchphrase that we had in the university ministry that I was involved with <clears throat> it was called Blue Sky and we said love God love people and I think that's a really that's a good thing to live by love God seek God and love people and, and God will and people will see God in you so um, this this morning's message the title that, that Ward gave me was Cringe Factor so Ward's obviously heard me telling jokes uh, knows that I can make people cringe but I'll, hopefully we won't today but um Christians are probably known to be a little cringy, but I think um, that we shouldn't be. You know, we should be natural, and and the message that we've got should just be a natural thing and a natural outworking in our lives. And so, the message that I want to talk about, I thought, well, well you know, if we're called to to connect with people and draw them to Christ, how did Jesus do it? If we go to Matthew four, eighteen to twenty two, if you've all got your iPhones and iPads or those old fashioned paper things that we open and read in um it, it says uh, so matthew 4 verse 18 to 22 as jesus was walking beside the sea of galilee he saw two brothers simon called peter and his brother andrew they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen come follow me jesus said and i will make uh, i will make you fish for people at once they left their nets and followed him Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boats and their father, and they followed him. Now this is, you can sort of read through this and say, oh yes, Jesus, Jesus was calling people, move on, move on. But you think, what, what actually happened here? And there's just three simple points that I, I got out of this message. And the first thing is that Jesus saw the fishermen. He saw these people in the boat, and his eyes were opened. And when he was walking along, it says he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, uh, but he wasn't just walking along thinking about himself, walking along doing his own thing, but Jesus was there with a purpose and a mission. And when he saw these people, he didn't just say, oh, yeah, there's some fishermen, there's just some people. That's you know, what you see when you walk along the Sea of Galilee. He saw people who needed to, to hear his word and, and needed to follow him. And uh, sometimes uh, we're all, we get caught up in our own thing and yeah, I definitely do. You wake up in the morning and you think, all right, I've got 100 things to do today. What do I do? Me, 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 me. Uh, me, sort out this. Me, 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 my work, my family, my responsibilities, my job, my role, my, my, my friends, my, 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 my. And we're walking around thinking, what have I got to do? What's me, what's me, what's, you know. And, and often they're good things. I mean, family is important and your work is important and it's good to excel and, and put effort and thought into those things. But sometimes it's important to just stop. And even people that are in your world and in your surrounding, got to think god how do you see these people 
And uh, I know I've stopped myself sometimes when you're in a bit of a, I don't know, you've, something's happened and you're just in a bit of a mood and you're standing in the supermarket thinking, oh, this person's annoying how they're doing that. Why don't they do? Or you're, you're sitting in the car and oh, why don't they just indicate early? Why don't they this? Or, or you can sort of, it, it can be very easy to look and say, I don't like how those pants go with that shirt or I don't like this or I don't like that or that person's like this. And, and it can be easy to, you know, not, just, just be sort of a bit negative and critical when you look at people. But sometimes I've, not that I do this all the time, but, but, some, but sometimes I just, you pull yourself up and you say, God, how do you see that person? And especially if you're walking along and you see, uh, you see someone who, you know, an alcoholic living on the street, un, unwashed, uh, got lots of problems and not look, they're not doing any, themselves any good. And it's very easy to look and say, man, how could you live like that? Goodness me. But then son, suddenly you say, God, how do you see that person? And if you really stop and think about it, you can just be overcome by how God sees them. and Because um, they're, they're his children that he loves. And the closest that I can equate this to, to how I can feel as a human, I'm not God. I, I can't really see how he sees the lost. But I think we can get a sense of it. And in my life, if I look at my children and if I thought, you know, if, if I looked at them and they didn't know me and they didn't care about me or they didn't, you know, that would just break my heart. And I think that's when God sees people that we can walk straight by or think are insignificant or not, you know, not, not think about, but God loves them and, and God's got a good thing for them. And every soul is important to God, whether you're homeless on the street or you're the president of the U.S., that's, that's a soul that, that needs to, needs to um, go to God. So Jesus saw and he acted. I think too, sometimes we can, even in church and even in our, our calling, we can be very, we can be sort of insular and, and focused. <clears throat> and I know an example in my life is when, when I was in university, at uni or at college, you're thinking, what's my calling? What am I doing? Where, where am I going? And I was studying medicine and I'm thinking, you know, am I called to go and be some remote doctor in the middle of Africa or go to the country or stay in the city or in Sydney or move here or move there? And what am I doing? And you go through these times, you're thinking, where am I going? Where, where am I going? And I remember distinctly just praying, Lord, you know, what have you got for me? Where am I going? Where am I going? And I felt strongly God say, you're called right now to be a student, to be in this university ministry, and to be a, an example to the people that are around you and that are in your world now. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's so simple. And yet, really, it was just profound that that's what, that's what God said. And I think often we can be like that. Where am I going? What's this? What's that? But the, um, you know, the Bible says that God's word is a, a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. So it doesn't say God's word is a flare that lights up everything or a, 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 the spotlights like they use when they're fixing the roads at night. God's word's not like that. It's a lamp to your feet. And when you've got a lamp at your feet, you can see where the next step is. And then when you move forward, you can see where the next one is and the next one is. And I think that's, that's what we should be like. Where's, the, where's our next step, God? And, and what, what are you calling me to do? I think that's important. Some people, you know, you do get that long-term vision. I'm not saying that's, that doesn't happen. But I think it's important to, Lord, what's my next step? So Jesus saw, his eyes were open to the, to the people that needed to hear something. Second point is um, Jesus was relevant and, and he was relevant to their world. So Jesus didn't go up to these fishermen. Uh, just, just as well, fishermen in those times, we often think, oh yes, fishermen out there casting nets. I, I think fishermen, I think, were pretty rough blokes back then. And um, especially uh, James and John, they were called the sons of thunder. So two of the fishermen that, that this talks about, they're called the, the sons of thunder. So they, I don't think they were just 
you know, nice, gentle guys out there casting nets and getting fish. These were hard workers, get up early in the morning, sell the fish, and, and probably fairly, I don't, it doesn't really say a lot about their background, but probably pretty rough guys, and I'm sure that they had things in their life that weren't right. Um, the, the Sons of Thunder, that's what um, uh, James and John were called, and to get an example of what they were like, in, in Luke, there's a story where Jesus and his disciples, they were traveling through Samaria on their way to Jerusalem. And the Samaritans and the, and the Jews didn't really get along. And there was one town that they weren't welcome and they had to sort of walk around. And, and the sons of thunder, they said, God, should we pray that you know, fire comes down and smites them from heaven? This is after they'd been with Jesus and, and probably mellowed and softened a lot and been open to God's word. So you can imagine back in those times, if they got into a bit of an argument in the pub, the sons of thunder probably weren't people you want to mess with. But, um, but anyway, Jesus didn't come up to them and say, he didn't say, this is wrong in your life. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be swearing. When you, you know, I know you just dropped that, but you shouldn't swear. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do that. Like, things like this. You shouldn't, your life shouldn't be like that. Um, and he didn't, he didn't go up to them and say, look, uh, here's the scriptures and here's, the fulfill, here's how I fulfill the Old Testament, you know, what was prophesied about me. He said that to the teachers of the law, but to the fishermen, he said, follow me and I'm going to make you fishes of men. I'm going to make you fish for men. So he spoke to what was relevant to them and in their world. So he, and, and that's what we, we like. If you look at how Christians are portrayed in movies, um, there's two that I can think of. I watched Fury the other day and there's a, there's a Christian in there who's always sprouting off Bible passages and a, and a bit over the top and a bit out there, you know, just not quite, not fitting in because it's just a bit, bit off. And the other one is, I'm not sure if anyone's seen Easy A. I haven't seen it, but someone told me about it. But there is, there's a, a group of Christians in it. And, and the Christians in that, what do they do? They sit in their own little circle and they sing Kumbaya and they're all... They're just not in the, the real world. They're not in the school and they're not relevant to the other people that are there. But that's, that's not what Jesus was like. He was, he was in the world. And who was Jesus, when he spoke to fishermen, he, spoke, he could connect with them on their level. And when he spoke to teachers... And, um, and to the rabbis, he connected with them on their level. So where he, was, where he was called at that time, he connected with them. And where we're called with our friends, it doesn't mean we compromise, but it means we, can, we connect with people and, and, uh, and we see what, what's important in their life and reach out to them on that sort of level. Is that all right? <laughs> now... Lastly, which, which I think is, the, is the, the best point, and so the third point is that they, the fishermen, they saw Jesus. And Jesus didn't, he didn't come up and make an argument and make a list of reasons why they should follow him. He just said, come and follow me. And, and what is it that, that drew them out of their boats, that caused them to, to leave their father and leave their nets and leave everything and follow him? It's that they, they saw Jesus and they had a revelation of Jesus. And I think... That's what people should see in us. I mean, Jesus had the distinct advantage that he was Jesus. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when people see our lives, do they see Jesus? And, and I think, you know, on Easy A, when they're sitting there singing Kumbaya and shocked by every little thing that goes on, that's not seeing Jesus. That's seeing, I don't know what. But when people look at us, do they, do they see Jesus? And it doesn't mean that we're, we're perfect and we never do anything wrong and that we, we're at 100% follow every, do everything that's right and never get frustrated or angry. But there's something more than that. There's something inside us. Even, um, I know it's in the Old Testament, but I always remember that, that David, they say, he was a man after God's own heart. 
there was something about David that was different to other people. Now, David wasn't, uh, he wasn't perfect. Um, were you at the men's conference? Do, there was, they, they asked this question, they said, would you, would you like to be mates with David? Would, he, would you like David in the Bible to be your best mate? And everyone, they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they said, oh, would you like to have a super hot, awesome wife? And they said, oh, yeah, of course. But would you like to be friends with David and have a hot wife? David was not perfect, is what I'm saying. But the Bible says that, <laughs> but the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. David had, had a heart for God, and, and he slipped up big time. But there's something in him, and we can slip up. And I think when we look at ourselves, we often see our shortcomings and our failings because we know ourselves better than anyone else. But what we really need to do is we need to, to know who we are in Christ. And um, when we know who we are, then we can display who we really are. And, and it really comes down to uh, what our position is and not, not our condition. And our position, um, one of my favorite verses in Ephesians 2 um, it says, Ephesians 2 to 6, but we'll skip little bits of it. It says, As for you, you were dead in, sin, in your um, transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. In verse 3 it says, You were deserving of wrath. Moving on to verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It was by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up uh, to be with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So it's saying what we used to be like, we were dead in sin. And uh, it doesn't even say you used to sin, and it doesn't say you used to sin and now, and now you don't. It says you were dead in sin. It said in which you used to um, you be. You were in sin, you were dead, we were dead. Um, but now we've been raised up with Christ Jesus. And it doesn't mean that as soon as you become a Christian or as soon as you're baptized, I mean, baptism is dying and raising like that's that's the analogy that you're dying to yourself and you're raising raised up and you're seated with god seated in heavenly places we we may not feel like that all the time in fact i probably don't most of the time but that doesn't change the fact that the world says that we're seated with christ jesus in heavenly places Um, the the word says that there's no condemnation the word says you know when you look through the word and say what does it say about me it says a lot better things about us than we say about ourselves. And, um, and I think when we really get not even, just, not even a knowledge or an understanding of who we are in Christ, but it's a revelation. Because you, you can look at that and say, yes, yes, you know, I'm seated with, with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. But when you really think about what that means, that means that when, when God looks at us, he doesn't see the sins and our shortcomings and our weaknesses and our failings. Uh, he looks at us and he sees, he sees Jesus. And when we get a true revelation of that in our hearts, uh, we're going to live in a way that when people who don't know Jesus, when they see us, they're going to get a glimpse of Jesus. And I think more than what you say and what we do, it's who we are that really uh, draws people to Christ. I heard an awesome saying, it says there's, there's five Gospels. You know the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? They said there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and you. And most people are never going to read the first four, but they're reading the fifth one every day. And, and I think that's true. And so I think we've got to be aware of that. And we've got to, you know, you strive for excellence. You strive to be better. But you've got to know who you are in Christ. And when you know that, you know that you've got the strength and, and the ability to, to do what's right. And people are going to be drawn to you. And I think um, once we get that revelation, it's, you just live in it and walk in it. And people are going to, going to see that. Is that all right? Awesome. <laughs> so... Um, just 
I mean, simple, three simple points, but I think, I think it's important to, to have our eyes on, on people and see them, God, how, how, how God sees people, but also act on that and, and know who you are in Christ, but to act on it as well. Whoops, time's up. So, <laughs> good timing. Um, but I think, so I think there's, there's, there's the everyday how we do that, and that's, that's who we are, and that's going to draw people in. And uh, outreach is not just an event, but we have events that are good for that. And I think Christmas coming up, the Christmas service, is a good time to say, yeah, this is right. It's important for us to, to do things. I'm going to reach out and connect with someone. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to invite them. And evangelism isn't just a Christmas service, but a Christmas service is an awesome time to do it. Um, evangelism, I think, is what you do every day and how you connect with people every day. But let's be bold and let's step out and, and let's... Uh, Let's do that. Let's pray.